Hello, I'm Howard, and welcome to the 9320 Friday Show, the show that thinks we should pay Erling Haaland some more. We're looking back at a goal-laden week, what's new, and looking forward to this weekend's match, plus talking to a Saints fan who, for some reason, is fearing the worst on Saturday afternoon. Uh, to discuss all this, I'd like to, be, to welcome back Liz. Good afternoon, Liz. How are you doing? Hello, Howard. I am good, mate. I'm not too bad. It's been a delightful week. And by the way, just to tell you, if you do hear a gentle snoring in the background, I just want to say it's not me. I'm in the room with a beautiful dog who's just having a little sleep in the corner. He's called Dudley. He's, he's, he's an old boy. He's an old Frenchie. So it's not me snoring, just to say. <laughs> just to say, yeah. Just to say. Yeah, they have a great life, don't they? Let's be honest. Yeah, he's pretty happy right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. I, I was going to open with... What a week. 11 goals in four days at home. That's not bad, is it, really? We're spoiled at the moment. I think we've been spoiled for about the last 10 years, really. I think um, there are these moments when you just think, I can't believe this is me. I can't believe this has happened to us. I can't believe I'm so lucky to actually be able to watch this sort of art football there are, there are times when we've sort of won by, you know, four, five, six, seven goals, and I've called my dad after the match, and we've almost been silent. We've almost been like, what was that? You know, like, we don't even know what to mm. say. It's just so, it's just, you know, it's a bit of a work of art watching us. And um, the first, I mean, listen, we were good in the second half, but the first half last week was just an extraordinary work of art, I thought. Mm. Yeah, well, we're going to get to Erling Haaland, but Wednesday's, <laughs> on Wednesday's match, just got in front of me after he scored again, just turned around and shrugged at me and he went, what can you say? <laughs> I know, it is, it is it's starting to get a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, isn't it? But you know, fingers crossed. I mean, you know, he actually doesn't because he doesn't have the World Cup like almost everybody else. Mm. I'd like to think we can sort of, you know, we don't have to be careful so much about resting him now, and now we can just go all the way through to the World Cup and then get a nice month off. That'll yeah. be good. I think Mark Watts. I think it was Mark Watts. I know he's the comedian was quoting someone there. The World Cup should have a a team just made up of players who haven't qualified for the World Cup. But I yeah. imagine that would be they'd probably make him one actually. of the favourites. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they'd have to sit down and work it out. But I, I guess... think Norway, weren't Norway quite unlucky? Did they lose in a playoff or something? They were quite unlucky not to get there. I'm going to guess Serbia, because for some reason, I know yeah. Serbia knocked them off the top of the Nations League as well, because they were winning the group. It might have been a playoff against Serbia, but don't quote me on that. And I so. would like to think that you know Norway are going to qualify for the Euros the next time. and I wouldn't like to think that someone of, of Erling's talent wouldn't be able to play in a major international mm. tournament. I, that would be that would not be good. Yeah, I don't know who's coming through in the team, but the, yeah, they're not. They're one of those teams at the moment, uh, I think are about, you expect them to be in, you know, a Euros group second or third or something like that. So they could mm. get there and they were going to, and you know, they're going to make it larger, weren't they, the European Champions final? Oh, yeah. They scrapped it now, so... When well, they're going to make the World Cup, isn't it going to be 48 teams or something? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, so that's nonsense. the best chance in a way. But, I mean, he's not he's not the first player, is he, ever that... No? ...has been, you know, a prodigious talent who's country, who's, you know, national Well, you know, Giggs, of course, Giggs, of course, didn't play... Um, Giggs didn't play in any St. Tournaments, but he is a terrible person, so... I'm yeah, so look at that... Not, yeah, you put sad. that one. Put that one down to karma more than yes, anything. So. Certainly is. But no, Erling uh, is. Uh, it's hard to. It's hard to know how to talk about him. But he is. He's quite. He's a little bit eccentric. I think he's quite an odd boy, isn't he? I sort of love him because he's very sort of. Oh, this is my job. Yeah. You know, well, how are you? You've scored fifteen goals, seventeen goals, nineteen goals. He's like, you yeah, know, it's nice. Well, that's what he says. It's nice. Yeah, you know, it's nice, good. Yeah. Well, 
Seems he's getting half a million pound bonus, goal bonus from every goal. So, yeah, it really <laughs> know, is nice. I no think he's us for a ride. <laughs> no wonder he's fuming when Phil Foden doesn't cost him. Yeah, you've just cost, way, just cost me half a million pounds. As well as everything else, I must say, you know, he's he's, he's a bit of an assist king as well. Mm. You know, he's got real good vision. I mean, every, I was at the West Ham game, the first, you know, his first game, and it was um, no one had seen him at this point. And just seeing him play and seeing sort of big, ungainly thing, and then this sort of delicate touch... It was all, everyone was quite shocked. I think people were quite shocked at how fast he was, how delicate his touch was, how good his vision was. As if he's some kind of tapping merchant, these mm. people say. No, you know, he's actually quite a sophisticated player. He's only 22. Yeah, I know. And he's looking to improve, yeah. Yeah, he will improve. A is lot. He not Pepe younger Pepe than Phil Foden. I don't know. They're both, I think he is actually. Phil's, anyway. a sort of one, Phil's a once in a generation talent. Mm. And that's uh, look, for sure. In part one, basically, we're looking yeah. back. Part two, we're going to preview the Southampton match. Uh, <coughs> we're going to concentrate on the derby, of course, when we're looking back. Just very quickly, the Copenhagen match, 5-0. Do you ever... Uh, we're discussing on the review, I said to Asa, you know what, it's, it was a strange comment I made, it didn't really make much sense, but in my head it makes sense. <laughs> that's, that's the important thing, uh, not much use to listeners. And it was a game in a way, especially the second half when a young young players came on that I pref- would have preferred to watch at home so I could just focus in on, you know, like Cole Palmer and stuff like that. Because the bottom line is, it might be arrogant to say it, but the bottom line is it was a game I knew after five minutes we were essentially winning. Unless we got a red card or something gone horribly wrong, we were winning this game. And I was quite almost bored in the second half. Do you, do you ever feel that watching City at the moment? Have I been harsh or... Is no, that still an issue with the group stages of a Champions League, especially when you come up against teams like Sevilla have had, you know, have had an awful season. Copenhagen themselves have lost six of their 11 domestic games. So that just even accentuates the likelihood that City are going to qualify from Champions League groups. It's not in doubt anymore, is it? Does it take away from the spectacle at all? For you? I, don't, I don't think so. I think that it depends. It, as you say, the latter. It, the answer is the latter thing, where it's just, because it's the group stage. Because you've got, you know, there is going to be one team in your group that just isn't that great, and um, you know, and they've come, they've come as well, Copenhagen, with the loss of a couple of really big players for them as well, and their captain was injured as well. So I think once it's sort of you feel like, oh, we've, you know, be all right, you know, and then you, you start, and I, I never get bored, and I never think. Um, you know, especially in the second half, you never think, oh, it's easy, you know. You're always wondering, because that sort of city artist mentality always has it in the back of your mind. You think, but if they just get a goal, if they just get one goal, you know, it could just change the whole, you know, the whole of the game. Once you once you get to four, it's over. You know it's over. But even three, I mean, look at that, you know, we were uh, in the derby. I mean, you know, United scored a couple of stupid late goals because we made four substitutions at the same time and all this. So, you know, I, I you know, I never take it for granted because, you know, we spent 35 years watching absolute rubbish. Mm. So I absolutely, I never, I never take it for granted. It, it, about the young players, um, it would be nice to see Palmer play more. It would be nice to see Alvarez play more, a lot more. But also, who do I want to boot out to get them in? Mm. That's the question. I think we are... We've got a bit of an embarrassment of riches at the moment. Finally, we've got some cover at the back as well, which we desperately need. Mm. You say once you get to four, you're fine, which is generally my, I say yeah. three now. But let's, <laughs> I'll be honest, when United got one back and made it four one last week, it was just, uh, uh oh. And then yeah, there's Leicester, rolled last my eyes. Leicester last season, of course. I mean, yeah, of course. What on earth happened in that 15 minutes? Well, uh, we are capable of 
I mean, even, I mean, maybe, hopefully not at the moment, but we are capable of suddenly collapsing a little bit. Not in the old way where we would then collapse to defeat, potentially, mm. but we are capable of just letting two goals in in ten minutes. It can yeah, happen the, before we get it together. It does happen. Not recently, yeah, but there was a there was a stat in previous seasons about Pep Guardiola's teams that on when they very occasionally had an off day, goals would come in clusters. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a mentality thing, but it just it, do you not think the mentality is stronger than ever right now? Perhaps I even think, than the I don't know, the Centurions year, stuff like that. Does it feel different right now? Or does it just feel like more of the same? I think it does. I don't know. I think there's a human element that it will never go away. I think we've also, you know, we've got a keeper who sometimes has a mistake in him. Um, last season, he made three or four quite big ones. And the sort of lackadaisical, cool nature of our keeper. <laughs> he's mm. kind of a little bit, you know, uh, you, you know, you sort of feel like he's ready to kind of go, oh, you know, I'll make it interesting. Just take, give that penalty away. You know, you give a penalty away against Wolves, and you get sent off, I think, or something. Like, you know, you're just like, God, you know. And Diaz hasn't been fantastic this season. Stones, quite honestly, has got a mistake in him. He does for England, certainly, and he sometimes does wow. for us. Laporte's England coming back from injury. Yeah. England don't matter, I don't care about England. Um, but, you know, Laporte's coming back from injury, so he's not going to be sharp, which is part of the reason we conceded against United last week, because he'd only been on the pitch for about five minutes, you know. Mm. So I think Akanji's been the best defender this season so far. You know, Cancelo's not had a fantastic start to the season. I don't think Gomez is very good defensively. So we do have to tight Walker's out injured now. So we've got to tighten up in throughout the back, and I think without Rodri especially last weekend, I think it just... Yeah, that last 15 minutes was pretty poor stuff, I have to say. <laughs> was it? I mean, it wasn't a penalty. and everything. No, oh, it I wasn't. Mean, I mean, we brought on substantively to get him some match. Yeah, we, some you can't really If substitute. you do that in a derby, you're in a pretty good yeah. position, aren't you, in life? Like, Four yeah. subs at the same time. Sort of, that's half, nearly half the outfield you've removed. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you've basically got, you know, Marshall, and I, by the way, I don't think it was dive particularly. I just think it was sort of, you know, Cancelo stood where he stood. Yeah. And, Mar- and Marshall sort of did a really clever turn and he sort of fell over his leg. I don't think it's a dive and I don't think it's a penalty, if that's possible. No, it doesn't have to be. That's the thing with, you know, there's no nuance in football sometimes. It has to be one or the other, doesn't it? He looked but I do it, think, listen, if it, given a foul, yeah. <laughs> if it had been nil-nil, he'd not oh. have given that penalty. Well, if it's been nil nil and he'd yeah. given it, we'd no taken up a long time in our post match review. But it'd uh, been a long day. But yeah. I think you know, I think if it had been, it was six two. So yeah. you know, he just thought, you know, let's just get on with it. You know, I think if it had been nil nil, I really think he would have. There would have been a big inquest with the VAR people. It would have been viewed on the screen. I really don't think he would have given it if it hadn't. Been, if it had been important. Well, it wasn't. No, it <laughs> so. wasn't. But I, you know, United fans, um, you know, even they are not going. Oh, you know, six three got a bit of got a bit of you know pride back and all that. Yeah, you know, no, at least you. we've won the second half. Like, no, that's not a thing. <laughs> it's not. Let's talk about the derby then. Uh, how yeah. enjoyable was it for you? I would. Whilst the first half was perhaps the greatest forty-five minutes performance you could we've probably ever seen, or one of them. Certainly, it's certainly in the top five halves from City, especially. Well, I say in the modern era, most of them probably come in the modern era. I enjoyed the second half almost as much because it was a chance then in the ground. I mean, I've waited decades for moments like this, really, or periods in games where you could just sit there and really rub it in in the ground <laughs> and watch the away support trickle away and just, oh, man, 
the performances might have eased off in the second half, but that first half allowed me to really soak it up in that second half. Oh, yeah. The game as a whole, did you go into it thinking we'd wallop them? Did you have Uh, concerns that this could be a close game as I did? I always have have concerns. Yeah. Because I support Manchester City. So I always have concerns. And also, you know, um, United had come in on four wins in a row including over Arsenal and Liverpool. And to be fair, it sounds sort of, you know, it sounds good, but I watched both of those games and both Arsenal and Liverpool were incredibly poor, incredibly mm. poor in both those games. So it was sort of a little bit of a smokescreen, I think. Um, but I'm always nervous and it doesn't matter. The derby is the derby. It doesn't matter if it's 40 years ago or 10 years ago or 10 years from now, you're always going to go in and think this is a clean slate. Anything could possibly happen. United look a little better than they did. You know, the manager seems to have things. So I was quite shocked that it was just basically the same as last season when United just didn't have any guts and bottled the entire thing. And we turned in one of the most beautiful 45 minutes of football under Pep that, uh, that existed. It was an extraordinary first time. I mean, it was, you're right. It was so deeply enjoyable as in the second half. I just... Oh, I can't remember the last time I enjoyed a match. I just thought I must save this. I must mm. save this moment because you know you just never you never know what's going to happen. It's not an important derby because it's only October, so it's not crucial to the title race. So you could just really really enjoy it. And I, I was shocked that United were so poor, and I was really disappointed in the United fans because you know I mean we take the piss a little. So oh, you know they're all Cockneys. Oh, they've got to go back to London and get the training. But the truth is, is most of those fans are from Manchester, and most of them, you know, you can't even get an away ticket. It's really, really. I know that it's really hard to get an away ticket. So for them to be leaving at half time, I just thought it was like that's not right. I've seen teams who are eight nil down who sing to the end. You know. Yeah, but it's not a derby. Would you? Have stayed? It's not a derby, but I just, you just, you know, the point is the club comes first. People come and go, managers come and go, players come and go, but the club comes first. And when you cheer, you're cheering for the club because that's who you love and you have to stay to the end and be defiant. So to actually just quit after 42 minutes and leave, I just thought, come on, you know, the whole world's looking at you here. This is pathetic. What do you think most, do you think City's dominance that first half was mostly down to just City being impossible to deal with yes or do you think United <laughs> where do you put the slider basically how much it was City just were just imperious and how much was that Ten Hag got it a bit wrong and played into our hands well the answer is yes to everything <laughs> the answer is yes um, yeah. you know uh, yeah he uh, I, you know he's obviously got Casemiro on the bench that's a player who's you know won the Champions League I assume I don't know how old he is I think he's in his early 30s 30, I assume 30, he's yeah. not quite fit enough to start and that's why he didn't start He's been here a month, though. He's been here a month, but, you know, it's funny because we played Wolves just before Diego Costa signed for Wolves um, and he hadn't played for several months and he didn't feature at all. And now he's had a month of training and he's still only on the bench for Wolves. So you do have to think about, you know, I don't know if anyone asked Ten Hag, like, why didn't Casemiro start? You know, I mean, Fred and Casemiro start for Brazil and they don't start for Manchester United. So that's a bit weird. But, you know, you should still, the guys who go out there, have to do the job. And as you know, Roy Keane has said this last season, you know, that comes from within. If you can't get yourself up for the derby, you can't rely on the manager to do it for you. That 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 stuff has to go that has to be your pride. Where's your self-respect? You know? Yeah. But also, yes, at the same time, we were we were just just completely unplayable. Is it completely the best, unplayable. Best 45 minutes you can remember? Yeah, it probably is. Although it's funny, 
Now this is going to bring up some trauma because do you remember that? Do you remember when we had that once in a lifetime chance to win the title against United in the derby? Yeah, it was like three years ago, four, uh, four, five years ago, something like that. Yeah, that half I'd say was as that half was just as good. And it was two nil. Yeah, I think Sterling missed chances, obviously. Gundogan missed Gundogan missed a sitter. We should have been at least five nil up. Yeah. A half time, we ended up losing three two. So that that first half performance was just as good. I good thought yeah, the I difference is, is we've got like a weird yeah. Viking at the top, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned on the review. I think first half in the Carabao Cup that we won two nil. It was two nil at half time, and it finished two nil. And then we lost the second leg one nil, didn't we? But got to the mm. final. And sometimes we do just hit it. That you know, you just, just sort of get that yeah. seam of playing that sometimes you do just everything goes right every pass goes to the right person every no one's having a bad game you know it was just one of those things where everything just worked like magic it was it was an extraordinary first half it might be the best under pep it might be you said it obviously yeah we're in september stroke october time nothing's been decided now (laughs) but it was a timely reminder i think of the chasm between the two clubs right now this that game if if United will run really well from this point on, uh, no laughing at the back, please. How long do you think it would take them to challenge again for the major honours or be cl- close to City, basically? Yeah, f- five years, probably. I Is mean, it, I would have... If you'd you asked honestly me a few think months that ago, they're that far away, yeah? Uh, yeah. Uh, if you'd have asked me a few months ago, I would have said 10. Hmm. You know, but they've got... They do seem to have sort of get got things a little bit back together. They beat Liverpool, you know, they beat Arsenal, all that. Um I think they're at least a minimum, a minimum of five years behind us. They're so far behind. And I don't say it with sort of joy because, you know, you know, there's the macro and the micro. (laughs) If you think about, you know, that sort of, you think of United fans as sort of mass, as a mass of people who you hate, etc. The point is we all know United fans. There are friends in some, some cases in our family and to see them in, yeah, you know, like to see them in pain. I don't take pleasure in that. My dad's best friend is a United supporter. He's been a, he had a season, he's had a season ticket since 1966 and he is in a lot of pain right now. And it, I don't, I don't relish that at all. My dad didn't call him. It was funny. I was like, you're not going to call him after the match, are you? He's like, no, 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 I'm not going to call. But he, he called him on Thursday. I said, oh, you waited a respectful amount of time to, before to take the piss, you know. <laughs> so he called him and Martin was like, well, you yeah, know, we won the second half. Sort of slightly sadly, <laughs> as if what else could he say? But having to actually sit and watch it. Oh, it's you know it's they don't really know how to cope. Look at them; they left the stadium. They don't know how to cope. Yeah. I politely disagree with you about the pain side. I've given this some thought before, especially when I was writing the book I did last year. Uh, cheap plug there. But I, I thought about this a lot. I think you have to draw a line for the people you love. You want the best for them in every single way. Foot, you have to separate football from that. <laughs> so no, I don't. <laughs> Any my dad, my some of my best friends. I'm sorry, no, <laughs> no. I want you to suffer endless pain from your football. This was about decades. Everything ago. else in life, I hope it's absolutely wonderful <laughs> for you. But it, you cannot seep into football. That's just totally different. And yeah, I've got to be brutal in this sort of thing. Uh, they've had a good ride. I mean, the truth is, is they've had a good run. And mm. football eras, you know, they end. 
as they ended for Liverpool in the seventies and eighties, and it ended, you know, uh, for them, and they didn't win the title for thirty years, and and Arsenal had a good run for a few years, and then it ended, and now, and you know, our era will end too. You know, oh, it, it will go, and that's what Pat happens. Goes, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you worry about what's going to happen when he goes, or you know, um, I'd like to think we wouldn't become so bad to be relegated again. I'd like to think that. But, you know, in the end, United will rise and then they'll be mean to us again. And, you know, yeah. they had 25 years of being successful and now it's our turn. You know, I, I, you know, I don't know. I feel a bit more charitable <laughs> than boy, you. <laughs> boy, will they be mean because they've got some oh, pent-up yeah. frustration and anger. Well, you know, I mean, City I, fans I, as well. Like, there are yeah. young blues and this is all they know. Yeah. As so well. They know, yeah. So they you won't know. deal with it. You know, if we're not very yeah. good again, they won't deal with it well either no. because it's so... Alien to them. Yeah. I, I, took, I remember my oldest friend's a United fan of them since university or school, sorry. And it must have been mid 90s. He said to me, You know, I don't want, I, I assume we were in the second or third tier at the time. He said, Look, I'd, I'd rather you're in the Premier League because, you know, without it's nothing without a proper rival and you're just not a proper rival right now. You know, I'd actually prefer, you know, it's been sincere to me at some part of that. So I'd actually prefer if you were back in the Premier League and I, I went, uh, careful what you wish for and we both laughed and then <laughs> I always think about that and I thought, I wonder if he still thinks that. So. Well, United fans, they used to say stuff. I always found that really patronising because United fans used to say stuff like, oh, you know, we want you to do well. You know, little city, yes. we want you to do well, but not as well as we do. We still want to stay, you know, winning the title every year. But you should come into the Premier League so we can smash the smash you to pieces every year. It was, you know, it wasn't like we want you to do well and we'll be better than us. No, Absolutely because it was not, you know. inconceivable that that could happen, really. Yeah. It was so strong. And of they, course... pat us, they patted us on the head, poor little yeah. city. Well, it's all over now, isn't it? It is all over now. And what a result. Uh, Back to Erling Haaland as well. Obviously, mm. we've run out of things to say because the stats say it all. Uh, the side issue that I... The thing that's really surprised me is not just... I mean, I said pre-season, he'd probably get about eight in his first ten. And you know what? That's, you know, whilst he settles into the side, that would be great, but would probably be seen as failure for him from those that are desperate for him to fail. And you can see now that he's got 19... Well, everyone's talking about his wage packet and his release clauses because they're already desperate to get rid of him, aren't they? Mm. The me- parts of the media, our rival fan base, has been here two months and they're desperate for him to go. They'll try well, I don't, anything. I don't, I don't think that's fair about the media. I think the media have done nothing but praise him because they can't do anything Not else. Not all the media. They're I investigating. Mean, selective people, yeah. Yeah. Support certain teams. Yeah. But I think he's a he's a he's a draw. He's an attraction for the Premier League, and people he he provides clicks. And he provides attention. He makes the league look better. So pretty much everyone, everyone except United fans, wants him to stay for another decade. But, you know, everything associated with his name right now is something to click on. And I don't know how the whole Real Madrid clause thing got started. I've got no idea. But it's almost over in less than a day because we just went, no. And now it's, that's it. Let's move on to the next story. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's not interesting. I understand that it's not interesting for yeah. other people for us to be good. There's no I, drama there, you know, for us to just be effortlessly good. I ain't, ain't worrying. I mean, he could come out and say, I'm going to Madrid in two years. I am not worried could about do, things. That but you know, ma- no, I'm not worried about things that may happen two years yeah, away. Yeah, of course. Now. <laughs> I've just got to deal with this week, for God's sake, and I'm just yeah, really yeah. enjoying him. If he stayed one season, I don't honestly happy, care less you know. about what may or may not happen in two years because so much can change anyway. And I but don't, yeah, I don't doubt that he's like a. 
he probably is a you know he's an ambitious person yeah and he probably is sort of a person who does at some point in his career want to play for Real Madrid oh, yeah, or you absolutely. know want to play for Barcelona or whatever it is but you know if he's happy at City he wouldn't go I don't believe he would you know and what would he go for he'd go to be in some league that is less exciting and less looked at than the Premier League I think he's really happy he looks absolutely thrilled to be happy he's got all his mates around him it's nice there's no reason to go people are quite you know look at Real Madrid all the money trouble they're in it doesn't really seem worth going Barcelona are on where they used to be you know oh, nah. they only have to pull an economic lever and that moves <laughs> <Yeah>. on <laughs> Uh, but no, no, what I was going to say, what surprised me more than the number of goals he's getting, which is insane, is even at, when we announced his signing, even I didn't realise the pull, his influence on the league, his profile, and everything else has, he's bigger, <laughs> he's bigger than everything else combined, I think. Someone said he's big, he's too big for City, obviously it was Tux, but Drivel, but he's too big for everyone in a way, I'm a, what has truly amazed me, and it's obviously linked to the fact he's just started scoring hat-tricks of fun, which has just snowballed it all. But did you ever realise that he was going to be such a huge phenomenon in the English game and the global game when we signed him? I don't think you can. And I think that kind of that sort of stuff feels like on the commercial side that there's a sort of world star aspect where you know there's a so-and-so's got as many instagram followers as so-and-so you know messi or ronaldo you know people like that and so i think there's a kind of you know, there's a commercial appeal to wanting to buy a world star who does put city on the map in a way that no one else has done before maybe aguero did uh, but in a way that no one really has done before where you could sell a shirt with his name on across the entire world you could see people in every country you know that he is that is something that the club obviously desire i mean obviously it's also about the champions league and all that, we'll come to that. But I don't think you could possibly know because he is an untested person. You know, he is a person who's just made, he's now at his fourth club by the age of 22. And you do think he's been working towards something like this all this time. But you can't, you know, he's not. Also, like, no offence, love Erling, love him all day long, but he doesn't have the same commercial appeal as someone who is, you know, as handsome as David Beckham does. Let's be honest, Jack Grealish, you know, yes. Jack Grealish, you know, he and Grealish are like they're a different species when you actually look at the picture of them sitting next to each other. You know, one of them's going to be doing ads for Gillette and the other one's just, you know, his image rights, as they say, are probably not worth that much because he's a little bit interesting looking. So I don't think he's got the same appeal as, you know, Ronaldo or someone like that, you know, who's, whose face can be on Pepsi cans or something, you know, and I, and I, but also I don't care. That's the thing, you know, I just want him to come and enjoy himself and express himself and spend time and play football and score goals and get assists. I don't really care if he attracts us 100 million fans from across the world. That's not my concern. Mm. He must have an ego because he can't be that good enough. Of course. But I think part of the joy as well that of the experience of him in the first two months of the season is he does look pretty grounded. He's got... He's as yeah. cool as Edison, basically, at the other end. He doesn't seem bothered. <laughs> Just don't, He wants to score goals, that's it. He doesn't seem pressured, and he seems grounded, and he seems to be a nice character, and the rest of the squad just seem to be getting on with him absolutely brilliantly. There's and a yet things... again, <laughs> squad morale just looks great right There's now. a couple of things that happened in the last two games that I'd sort of... that sort of show his personality and show the kind of person he is. The first one was when he got... Like, cl- you know, clattered on the halfway line in the derby. Mm. And he didn't, he just got up and carried on running. He didn't stop. He didn't go to the ref or 
claim something or didn't say, come on, you know, it's three fouls on me. He's not been fouled a huge amount, really, no. has he? He hasn't, you haven't seen him like sprawling on the ground having been kicked too much this season so far. So he just, he got clattered and he just went, I've bounced off you. I'm the Viking. I'll get up and I'll go and score. The second thing was what happened was when the referee dropped his spray yeah. and in the middle of, <laughs> in the middle of an attack, he picked it up, gave it to the referee and then joined the attack again. He's just not a normal person. I mean, what I, other player is going to do that? I don't think he did it out of kindness. I think he's probably calculating he doesn't want the game stopped. I don't know. I think, I think part just... of me thinks, right, get him, give it him back because then we can continue playing. We've got an attack here and yeah. I, I don't want him stopping. Well, who has because... space in their brain to notice? Yeah, he's scanning That's... all the time, isn't he? Scanning, you know, scanning, he scanning. is. People call him the robot or the freak or any of those things. I mean, mm. it's a bit, you know, I just, all I can hope is that, you know, he's got a little bit of an injury record last season. So I'm hoping he, if we keep him fit, yeah. we keep, but you know, even if we don't, we've still got plenty of goals in the team. Uh, impossible quiz question for you. You know the keep give rate, player ratings out for loads of games. You know the keep, the French. Oh yeah, paper. yeah. They're very. They're like the. Oh yeah, ten out of ten points. Yeah, they gave uh, Harland ten out of ten in the player ratings for the derby last week. They started these ratings in 1985. How many other players in that uh, 37 years do you think have had a ten out of ten? Well, I actually, I, I think I know the answer. What I think I it? read it. I think it's. Um, I think he was the fourth. No, it's not. It's not that. Oh, was it not? Thirteenth player to achieve oh, a perfect ten. Uh, the last one, Mbappe. That's very, that's very French, isn't it? How French yeah. is that? To like, you know, nothing. You get no ten out of ten. You know. Oh yeah, they they give threes <laughs> out for <laughs> average performance. They are <laughs> ridiculous, really. Mbappe was the previous one. France against mm. Kazakhstan. And He's search. better than Mbappe, by the way. Yeah. Oh. Well, he is right. No, he's better than everyone right now. I know. So. I think. I no. I genuinely think he's better than Mbappe, and he's got a better attitude as well. Mm. I think the one I remember, Lucas Moura, Tottenham Ajax game. Uh, he got a ten in that one, but yeah, mm. Messi's had a. Well, Messi's only had a couple basically <laughs> during his time, which shows how rare they are. So there you go. Uh, just quickly, we need to wrap up part one soon. The youth players getting some time this week. It was great to see three youth players on in the second half. Uh, how Good, did you think Cole Palmer was? And second follow-up question, do you think Do you think we've got that route to the first team for these players? Mm, I mean, it is... Um, obviously, the situation, what was they brought these players on with 3-0 up or 4-0 up, whatever, it was a sort of... It's a luxury. It is a luxury to yeah. be able to bring players like that on. And I think when the Carabao starts, we're going to see all these players more. Um, there'll be a nice balance of them. I think Cole Palmer is... Brilliant. I think he, you know, I do think he sh- he needs to be playing more. But again, in place of who? You know, Grealish is having a yeah. fantastic run. He's probably having his best run for us. He's not droppable at the moment. Foden's not droppable. And Harlan's not droppable. So, you know, if you want to make a case for Kevin getting a rest and putting Cole Palmer in, then let's do it. I mean, why not? You know, as for the, um, the route to the first team, I don't think so. I don't think there ever is, is there? You know, it's just there is it's for Cole difficult, Palmer, isn't yeah. it? There is for there Cole is Palmer. Palmer. Potentially for Palmer. And of course, Rico um, Lewis is 17. So, I mean, 17. He's a kid, yeah. Yeah, he's said this week, it's a dream. It's an absolute dream. You don't know, really, because we will always buy in players at some mm. point, you know, irrespective. There'll be players coming in and the positions, you just don't know what the competition will be. And I don't know what Rico Lewis's competition will be in his position. And we might move players' positions as well in three years' time. So, it's impossible to predict. But I do see now. 
you know, of course, Phil Foden was very slowly introduced into the side and now has, you know, 50 goals, is it, for City? And more than, I think, at that age, you know, it's more than virtually anyone else. And certainly under Pep, it is at that age as well. It's more than Messi had, I think. I mean, he's doing a really good job, obviously, Pep, with his management of these players. Yeah. But, but you have to over be patient, the last, don't you? You yeah. do, but look at how, over the last decade, how many times have we seen a player come on for 20 minutes in the Carabao and then you've yeah. never seen him again. But I would argue that we're getting a higher quality coming through now. That's it does seem point. so, yeah. It does seem to be. Yeah. Because look at the ones that didn't make it. That Obviously, Sancho left because, well, he just didn't sign a deal. But look at all the other ones, the, you know, the, the players that we thought were breaking through never did and we all like got a bit annoyed. None of them really went on and did no. much. Whereas yeah. I think if... The players that are getting some time now, if they don't make it a city, have still got huge careers. Yeah, I think they make a living everywhere. I mean, if you look at, even if you think about, you know, Ishmael Miller, you know, players like that, you know, that didn't make it 15 years ago. You mm. still ended up playing for your know, West Brom and all these players. You know, they make a decent living throughout, you know, the championship and stuff like that. You know, all, you know, Dennis Suarez ended up at Arsenal, then he disappeared. But there's dozens and dozens of players like that. The yeah. point is, is we're never going to, it's a fantasy. It's almost United-esque fantasy to have your, let's have 11 local Mancunians in the team. You know, that is not, and again, I'm sorry, it's a commercial consideration. That's, the club aren't ever going to do that. That's not what they want. They want big stars like Holland and they'll keep buying them in. Yeah. But also, Pep doesn't put players on the pitch unless they deserve it. So, yeah, yes, they they it gives them the incentive, doesn't it? You know, to push on now and try and fight for that. Uh, but you do have position. to believe that you're going to be rewarded. Yeah, if you are a person who plays well, and I think sometimes, you know, I mean, you know, Kevin is playing incredibly well at the moment, but he hasn't always. And I think sometimes he's a bit teacher's pet, and when he doesn't have a great game, he still finds himself picked the next week just on the basis of what he can do. And that's one of the reasons that Sterling left, because he felt that there was sort of unfair unfair favouritism going on. I don't disagree, you know. And Kevin is 31, approaching 32. So I do think there is an aspect where if you're a player and you play really well, but then you think, well, I'm not going to start next week. You know, where's the, where's the incentive then to actually go, you know, I'll be rewarded, I'll play great and I'll be rewarded and I'll keep my place. But then you don't because a famous person has sort of, you know, been picked ahead of you. So there, it's hard to balance all that, all, all those egos and all those sort of expectations. That's quite difficult for any manager to do. Mm. Oh, yeah. Man management is half the job in a way. But mm. the only time Kevin De Bruyne is off the ball is probably because he's knackered. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's not really an issue to, to rotate him. Uh, it's not going to last too long. That's the difference. We do need to protect him. I mean, if we want, to, if we, if we want him to play and keep as being as extraordinary mm. as he is until he's 35, then we do have to be a bit more careful with his yeah. exhaustion levels, I think. I mean, he had COVID. It didn't really, it wasn't good. He obviously got his face broken in the Champions League final the season before. He got a really bad injury uh, in the, playing for Belgium. So I think we've just got to be a bit careful, you know, if we want to manage him and keep him playing really well. There is, you know, Gundogan can play that role just as well as he can, and he's not even signed a deal yet. I really hope he does. Well, maybe he'll go elsewhere for some better food. Who knows? Oh, God, don't even... Don't start. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, of course, Kevin De Bruyne was rested during the week anyway. Just finally, before we wrap up, it is great to see Jack Grealish motoring into form now, is it not? Yeah, I think there's a... there's a. He gave an interesting interview to the BBC about three, four, five months ago in which he sort of... He's very sweet. He's not got quite a nasty enough side in a way. Mm. He sort of basically felt like, you know, his, his teammates in... in in training, we're like, why aren't you shooting more? Come on, you know, you, you can do... Basically, 
His mentality is that he has to believe that he deserves to be there. He has to believe that he is on a par with all of our other players and that he is someone who actually can stand next to them and go, I am good enough. I, you know, I can do that. And I think he's getting his brain around that now. I think that's where we are now, where he actually thinks, no, I, I do deserve. I do deserve to start in this team. I can do this. I'm not like, I'm not going to lay the ball off all the time because I think someone's better than me. Be a bit arrogant, you know. That's I want that bit of selfishness, a little bit of arrogance from Grealish. And he he looks confident, he looks good, but it's it's also because he's got a run going, and that is very very important. Hmm. Right, that's the end of part one. Enough looking back, enjoyable as it was. Uh, yesterday, I spoke to a Saints fan about all things Southampton, and this is what he had to say. I'm delighted to be joined by a Southampton fan, Greg. Uh, Good afternoon. How are you doing? Hey, Howard. Good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on and uh, talking about all things Southampton. I know it's not probably the best time you'd want to, because an obvious place to start is to discuss your phone right now. And I say you might not want to do that. I think I saw you do a tweet that, uh, or retweet someone that said 12 points for the last 20 games. Which is obviously yeah. pretty damning for Southampton because I didn't realise the poor form extends past the start of this season. So you're lying 16th in the place, uh, 16th place in the table, seven points from eight games. Not been a great start to the season, it's fair to say. What do you think's gone wrong so far this season? Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, the bad form's really um, continued. So it started back in. February last season right. and it's continued and it hasn't really recovered. I mean, I can't remember the exact um, number, but we've only had something like four wins since um, February, something like that, something in the leagues. It's re- really bad. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it's just um, we haven't really recovered since tailing off last season and the kind of forms really kind of gone into this this season we uh, obviously lost at Spurs on the opening day then we actually re- sort of seemed to recover we got undefeated the next three games winning two of them uh, we then lost to United but we were actually a far better team that, that yeah, day but we should have got game, something yeah. Um, and then we beat Chelsea and um, probably that's the only game this season where we've put a performance together for the full 90 minutes and, uh, and we played really well and um, obviously Romeo Lavia, which who you'll be familiar with, mm. was sensational, but he did go off injured in the second half. Um, he's done his hamstring and he hasn't played since and we've gone on to lose the, the three games since then. All... all to poor opposition, so Villa, Wolves, and Everton, who are teams that are going to be down there at the end of the season, and we've lost all three, so it's a real worry. It can't, surely it's not, yeah, losing one young player like Lavia can't have made that big a difference. Do, can you pinpoint something that's changed in the last few games then, that the senior form just go off a cliff somewhat? You shouldn't be that reliant on the 18 year old who hasn't played Premier League football yeah. prior to August but what I would say he is sensational and right. he will be back with City sooner rather than later because of the buyback clause he is unbelievable the strength the vision um, and he's, he's effectively the pivot in our midfield so it you know Wall Prowse it brings his game on. He's looking lost last three games without him. Obviously, we sold Romeo um, at the end of the window, so we don't have that sort of enforcer-type midfielder now. And um, everything's bypassing midfield. And um, my my biggest 
beef with how we're playing and uh, well, how we're trying to play is the lack of pressing. So we, we've lost that identity. We were used to mm. press high up the field, force um, the other team into mistakes and then build attacks on there. We're not doing that now. And we're just bypassing midfield with long balls. We've, I think, I read we've played the most long balls in the league this season. So the, the style of football, the identity, the identity's gone and the style of football's completely changed. Um, and we just don't, we just lack creativity. We lack a striker, obviously, but we lack the creativity as well. Um, so yeah, it's a bit doom and gloom, to be fair. Yeah. Ralph Fassenhutel is under huge pressure because the reports in the press are that he is close to the sack. Yep. <laughs> Do you think, I'm guessing from your tweets earlier, after the defeat at home to Everton last weekend, was that a turning point for you? Do you think you should go now? I, um, I mean, I like, I like Ralph, but I've been in the of, had the opinion that he should have gone at the end of last season because um, up in, during his tent is sort of um, time at Saints, we've always had a purple patch. Then we tail off. Mm. Last season, we tailed off badly. Um, and he seems to have run out of ideas, but he was the, the new board supported him in the summer um, with 60 million pounds, if not more. Um, potentially it would have been 100, nearly 100 million because we bid 35 million for Cody Gappo at PSV on the last or two days before the deadline, but it didn't get over the line that one. So we're obviously missing that striker, but he's just lacking ideas. He's, he, he got his backroom staff changed over the summer. So he's, but he, if you read the reports, he's very stubborn. He doesn't listen to anyone else. He doesn't talk to the players. Um, and he seems to have run out of ideas. And I think the writing's on the wall, unfortunately, for him, because you're not going to get a new manager in for the City game because, you know what, we're going to get beaten. We're going to probably get beaten very heavily. And, you know, you don't want a new manager starting off with that. So I, I suspect after Saturday, he will be sacked unless, of course, we get a miracle result of some kind. But that's very unlikely, given the way we're playing we would have to turn up, completely change how we've been playing so far this season and City have to have a really, really off day. But they're playing so well, scoring so many goals, you just can't see that, to be fair. So he's been there four years now, has he not? Yeah, so he's actually probably one of the longest um, serving managers in the league. Mm. Um, But but the shelf life is, what, 18 months normally for a manager? So four years, things have got stale. And I think we just need a change and he needs to change for his for his own career as well. Uh, yeah, I I always have that impression of Southampton. Yeah, they go on runs, don't they? Purple patch followed by exactly the opposite, followed by yeah. a huge tail off, followed by, kind of reminds me of Leicester under Rodgers quite a bit sometimes. Mm. You know, I keep changing my opinion of him. Like, yeah, when I think he's a goner, uh, Southampton start picking up the results and he thinks, picks up some great results against great teams. You think, no, no, and then it goes bad again. You can never quite make your mind up about him. But, if it's true, the reports say he has that he has no relationship with the players. Then I guess that's it, isn't it? Once you lose yeah. that, there's just no coming back from that, is there? Once you've lost the dressing room, no no manager ever survives that. I, you can't. I can't think of any sort of past case where a manager's turned round the dressing room. You know, once once players have that opinion, it's it's a the rot sets in, and you know, there's no no going back. What? 
why has he changed his playing style then, do you think? The pressing and I don't that, yeah, I think- pressing is such an important vital part of yeah, success. And we'll come and previous uh, Saturday's match in a bit, and that's key to that discussion as well when we look at past uh, games between the two sides. Why has he tried a new approach? Did he think that this was going to take him on to the next level? Or? I think historically we've had the pressing tactic, you know, press high up, the, everyone's pushing the high up the field. And um, and in, in, in many cases it, it worked, but to sustain that um, throughout the whole season, I think that's where the difficulties sort of lay because you get injuries, you get obviously the fatigue sets in at the second half of the season. You can't sustain that tactic. So we then don't start pressing. Then we look very ordinary. We don't no longer have an identity and teams just play through us at that point because um, we're not forcing them into mistakes. Um, we're letting them, we're inviting them on. And obviously if we do that Saturday, invite City onto us, we... It, it will be a mauling. There's no two ways about it. Um, the only way we can get something remotely possible on, on Saturday is if we press high up, force them into mistakes, get yeah. some, obviously a lot of luck, um, and take, you know, if we do get a chance, be clinical. Um, but that's a, that's a long shot. <laughs> Are there any players that have left that you miss that you think could have contributed to? Yeah, you know, this downturn in form, or was it more just a case of relationship between manager and yeah, just I think not working out? We've, we've actually got rid of what, what you call the dead word. You know, yeah. we, we shipped out um, uh, Jan Benerick to Villa on loan at the end of the window, and he was a big problem for us defensively because he's so, he was so slow. Mm. Um, and he, he scored quite a lot of own goals. He was at fault for quite a lot of the go- goals. Um the, the difficulty we have, and we're going to see this Saturday, is that any teams that like crossing the ball, and we know City like to cross the ball, they score a lot of goal, goals from out wide. Um, you know, De Bruyne, Grealish likes that playing ball, and now you've got a, tar- a true target man on the end of it. Yeah. It's going to be painful to watch because we just, our fullbacks don't get support. So they, and for some reason, they don't close down quick enough. So they let the opposition put, crosses in freely into the box and then obviously the pressure um, tells. I mean, we've got two decent centre-backs in Salasu and Kotchop, but, uh, you know, eventually, if so many balls are getting played into the box, it, the, you will eventually buckle. And that's what's likely to happen on Saturday, um, unfortunately. Uh, can I ask you about Salasu? Uh, I've seen him play brilliantly. I've also seen perhaps... People say that he has a mistake in him. What's his reputation with Southampton fans? So when we signed him, he he, he didn't play for the like first six months. He had it was a bit of a strange thing, um, supposedly in like an injury, but I think there was more to it for whatever reason. It, he then came in and he was really really good. Mm. Um, I think he's lost his confidence playing alongside Bednarik hasn't helped his confidence um, and he lost it and he had, he's made a lot of mistakes. This season, him and um, Kotchop have been okay. We're not conceding, albeit four in the first game against Spurs. Since then, we haven't conceded a load of goals like we were. Um, I think those two will be a decent partnership. It's the, it's the wide areas and letting crosses come in all the time. You can only defend so much. Um, 
But I think he's just made his debut for Ghana. He um, accepted their call up after a couple of years of declining them for some reason. But um, and Kochop's just been called up to Germany full squad. So both of them obviously decent players, um, and maybe under a new manager where the tactics are, are better, better suited, and they're not being put under so much pressure all the time. They will thrive under that. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, before we briefly look at Saturday's game, and uh, we'll make it briefly, uh, we already mentioned cities. You raided cities' uh, reserves. I say reserves, not reserve players, but yeah, the other meaning of reserves uh, to pick up quite a few uh, players from us in the summer. Bazunu, Lavia, I don't know less about the, the roles of, is it Lopez and Adozi there as well? Uh, you've said already Lavia's been absolutely amazing. How have basically those players done. Uh, uh, yeah, so um, Bazuna, he's done okay. I mean, he's a much better goalkeeper than Alex McCarthy. That's yeah. that's all, that much obvious. I, I wouldn't say he's been anything other than average so far. He's made some good saves, but obviously that's his job. Um, I would say it's probably been two or three goals where he's probably been disappointed to concede. But overall, he's okay. He's, he's not, you know, when you think about your team and where the problems are, he's not on that list as such. Only 20 um, as well. So. Yeah, exactly. And his distribution's good. I mean, actually, probably, uh, you know, previously mentioned about the long balls, but a lot, I mean, where he's so good with his distribution, I think he's been asked to play long balls as well. So, um, that's partly to do with it. Um, Adozi, exciting. He, you know, he's very positive with the ball, takes on the defender. He's basically everything Nathan Redmond wasn't. Mm. Um, but bizarrely, Ralph Sane said last week uh, before the Everton game that he's more in, will have more impact from the bench. Now, my take on that is you've got likes of Elanusi, Adam Armstrong. They're not ex- they're not exciting wide players. They're not going to beat anyone with skill or pace. Um, whereas Adozi, he looks like he wants to create something all the time, and I think it. It won't be long before he's in the start in eleven. He look he looks good. Larios um, less less impact so far, but what I would say Ralph seems to prefer him over Peru and Genepo at the moment, and he was involved in the goal last week. So I think he's going to be in the starting lineup um, for the time being. So um, I think they all, I think they all got buyback clauses um, as part of the deal when we signed them. So. I think City fans will get a good good look on of three of them. Saturday, obviously, Lavia will be missing, but uh, Lavia will be the one that City buy back. There's no no doubt about it because of it. Is it £40 million? He is worth way more than 40 now. So there's no reason for City not to buy him because he's that good. And I think he's an outside bet for the World Cup squad for Belgium. Wow. If he can get back fit, Mm. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. He's just he's so he's, good. Yeah, probably a few weeks away yet, but that's still yeah. just give him time. How do you feel about these? We used to loan a lot of players out. How, are you happy that uh, Saints of this new way of buying players and with a buyback clause? Of course, it means you may lose them in a couple of years, but you do get them in the meantime, and you'll get good money back. Uh, are you happy with the the way it's been done? I guess. Your loan players, they perhaps, I guess, if you buy them, I should say, they're more likely to get some game time as well. And it, sh- it shows faith in these players if you're willing 
to make a permanent transfer for them. Yeah, I think from a player's perspective, when you're loaned out, you don't necessarily feel like you belong to that club. So your development may not be as advanced as it could be. So by joining another team permanently, whether it if it's just for a year or two years, at least you feel that you're part of that team and you can concentrate on your development. Um, I think for me personally, that the model makes sense for us because ultimately we, we would ha- we would sell players anyway at the right price. Just, mm. just that's the food chain, isn't it? If yeah. Teams like Man City, Man United, Liverpool come in and offer the right money, you're going to sell. The player's going to want to go, obviously. So by having them... Um, for a season or two and you get you know a good return out of them you know you get decent money yes by having the buyback you know if we sell Lavia for 40 million he's worth more than that but it's still 30 million more than we paid for him so it's it's good business and we get a good player for two seasons or whatever so it's like this game then look last season I'm sure you went into them thinking yeah we we're probably going to lose these games as well. And you didn't lose any of them. Uh, the FA Cup one, of course, uh, including yeah. a draw at the Etihad with a very, very interesting non-penalty decision uh, involving Kyle Walker, who won't be playing this weekend, having just had groin surgery. Uh, yeah, I I felt one of those rare games I felt coming away lucky to have got a draw in. Uh, one old draw, of course, at, at your place, St Mary's. So... Could history, yeah, for the doom and gloom you feel as a Saints fan right now, could history repeat itself? Because we historically, we won 4-1 in the, in the cup, of course, but I think that was a second half performance more than anything yeah, right. got us through. Uh, it wasn't plain sailing, even if 4-1 sounds like plain sailing. Uh, mm. Historically, we, we have not got a good record against you and we struggle. Do you think history can repeat itself? Short answer, no. Uh, I think um, I think the if we had an identity and we had our like particularly the pressing game, then you may say you know if you get luck on the day and you know you force City into mistakes and they get frustrated, then there's there's always a slight chance. I think when you don't, if you're playing without confidence, you've got no identity. it's very hard to look beyond a, a, an easy afternoon for City, um, unfortunately for us. I think last season, you know, this is where Ralph is, you know, it's a bit of a split opinion with Ralph because he does pull out some good results like that. But on his, but you know, you look on his CV, he's got two nine nils on his CV. So mm. that they will always tarnish his CV no matter what. And, um, and I'll be honest with you, I think um, I think a lot of Saints fans will be absolutely bricking it for Saturday. You know, could this be another 9-0? Could, it could even be worse. And I know it sounds really dramatic, uh, but given the amount of goals City score and how bad we're playing, it's, uh, it's a bad recipe. Uh, you know, we could see a really, really, really bad scoreline for us. And um, yeah. Has no... Is he flexible? Is he? Do you think he's capable of perhaps, or do you think he'll consider coming here, setting the team up very deep, you know, and just you know playing dead in a way, parking the bus as some people call it, or can he only play one way in quite an open way? Uh, I, I think if we sit back and defend, we will play into City's hands because they're so creative 
Um, mm. Even in like the tightest of sort of spaces that they're create, they still create. And particularly, if we then invite like said, De Bruyne, Grealish, Mares to cross the ball, like you know, regularly. It's just gonna we're gonna end up conceding. And um, so, really, we've got to go for the jugular in that we've got to take the game, to City, press them high up the pitch, get obviously some luck. Force them into mistakes, and that's the only way we could possibly get something. But other than that, it's hard to see. You know, I, I'm thinking if I was to predict, it'd be 6 0 City. Well, it's going to pinpoint the reason you've caused us so many problems in the past. Pressing is part of it. So yeah. that surprised me that you don't do that as much anymore. But you think the team and the personnel he's got. Yeah, he's got at the moment. They are still capable of going back to doing that against City. Is the energy there? You know, the energy to run around. Do you key see it in in Southampton that they can put in another performance like that, like they it's, did last season? It's also the bravery. You need to be brave to mm. to press high up the pitch against the best teams. You need to be brave, and you need to believe in the the tactics and what's being asked for you. If the players don't believe in it. Then they're not going to do it. We saw evidence of it last season where he's from the touchline asking them to press and they weren't doing it. Now, whether that was out of lack of confidence or um, they were actually being disruptive and not actually um, putting in, you know, the instructions, yeah. then you don't know. But whatever way, we, we're not pressing. Whether that's for the players or the manager, I'm not sure. But if we don't press, We've got no chance. <laughs> uh, are there any players that obviously we know about Ward Prowse and we don't want to be giving him set pieces near our goal? Are there any players that City fans should look out for that can cause us problems in the game? I mean, Joe Rebo has scored a couple of goals this season. He's, he's, he's done okay, but mm. I mean, he started off on the bench on some games. You know, again, I'm not sure Ralph truly. Um, you know, thinks he trusts him yeah. um, because he's obviously a bit of a maybe a luxury player. Um, but I, I personally think he should be in the team because he gives us something a bit different. Um, I think the only other players is the ones that you got buyback clause. You might as well have a, <laughs> a future <laughs> glimpse on who, who potentially you're going to buy back. And um, you'll probably see Larios and, and you will see Bazuna in the starting lineup. Um, Adozi will probably come on. Um, and then, yeah, you'll get a glimpse of the, the potential future for you. If Asen does go after the weekend, you, you want Pochettino back? I would love Pochettino, but I think he will obviously be aiming higher. Yeah. I think the, his, weight, his salary be... I mean, that said, Rab's on good money. I can't remember what it is, but I think maybe four or five million pounds a season, uh, I think I read. So he's on pretty decent money. Now, Pochettino is obviously going to he could earn a lot more than that at most clubs. So, yeah. uh, but if obviously he's very much about pressing, uh, relentless pressing. And if he were, if we were to somehow um, entice him back, I think the fans would be um, fully on board with that. Oh, absolutely. Well, normally only with a score prediction, but you kind of already yeah. said it, Joey. <laughs> 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 We normally we we get opposition fans on, and you know even yeah you're playing City obviously, and we've you know got huge resources and spent lots of money, in, but they always still you know they'll be eternally optimistic and we'll go for a draw or something like that. You're not going to do that. Are you sticking with the six nil? 
Yeah, six nil. I'm going to go out on the limb and say Harlem's going to score and De Bruyne's going to assist. <laughs> wow, you really are sticking it, Well, you didn't score against Bournemouth. That's the one side to stop Erling Haaland this season. Uh, a strange stat, and he will stop scoring at some point. Obviously, he's not going to keep scoring, and he may be rotated. But I think he will play this weekend, and more likely to miss the midweek match against Copenhagen. I'm afraid to say. So, uh, I don't think City always try and you know turn the screw there's been a lot of game management when they've been comfortable in games this season mm. so I'm going to go for a 3-0 I think because he may make changes should we get a lead in this game so and past history I'm not getting too confident yet because hey we always seem to struggle against you so I, I'm i probably more pessimistic about your t- team. <laughs> uh, yeah, about my team, and you're pessimistic about your team. But yeah, I would obviously expect City to win, but I don't think they're going to be creating records or anything like that. I don't think it's quite as bad as you fear it may be. But, of course, with an early goal, that can obviously put the fear into teams, can't it? So we will see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Greg, thank you very much. Obviously, uh, really... Uh, respect you for coming on uh, especially you know when you go through a difficult period but of course that's the thing with the Southampton team it can change could uh, go on and win five on a row so thanks for coming on uh, really appreciate you talking to us today no worries thank you for having me Howard yeah and as I say to all opposition fans well, except United and Liverpool obviously uh, after this weekend hope you have a wonderful season as well and it'll gets a lot better for you uh, yeah so all the best uh, yeah, you too. Yeah. Uh, th- thanks once more, and we'll go back to the panel to preview Saturday afternoon's game. Uh, thanks again to Greg for sparing his time to speak to us. Uh, right, Liz. Uh, Greg wasn't very optimistic. You won't have heard it. <laughs> City oh, brilliant. I thought I was going to pretend that I'd heard it. Oh, no. Oh, we've, ru- no. we've ruined the magic go- of... I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was pre-recorded yesterday. We uh, ru- <laughs> we've ruined the magic of radio. What are you doing? <laughs> you can tell I've not been media trained, can't you? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. City are brilliant. Southampton are struggling. The manager's on the brink of the sack. <laughs> You know, how do you end this sentence? Easy win for City? Never. Or will history repeat itself? Just to remind, obviously two draws last season. Historically, we struggle against Southampton more than virtually any other team, but they are not in a good place right now. I think um, I'm not a superstitious person. You know, in real life, I'm not a superstitious person. It's all nonsense. But there is something about football that just makes you feel a little bit you know, because the the concept of the bogey team, which which has no scientific basis in it, in any way, hmm. Southampton are nevertheless were our bogey team last season, and not just last season. They have been in previous seasons as well. The last three, four, five seasons, they have been. They've given us a lot of trouble. They play some really lovely stuff, Southampton. So you know, in your, your sanity should prevail. And you think, come on, you know, we've got enough. You know, we should have enough. Should have enough. Um, but you just never know. Look at that season. You would have asked me the same question last season and then we didn't win. <laughs> and we and, didn't, you know, so who knows? And that, yeah, that Kyle Walker penalty thing, the nil-nil, probably yeah, looking to good. get a draw that day to honest, but Yeah, but that that's part of like, first of all, the, the obvious question is, do you feel City of, I said about a month ago, we're not playing that well, but it's fine because we don't. With Pep's playing a nine-month game here and he's, 
you know, hence the very short pre-season. He's not looking at picking up every win now. He's looking to keep his squad fit for nine months and to be first, you know, when when May comes around. Do you feel this team's improved over the season? But also, is are we at a level where you stop worrying about the concept of bogey teams? Or do you still think any no. team any team has a couple of banana skin results every season where they just don't turn up? Because even the Centurions had a, a bad result in them, didn't they? So... Well, I think football, you know, football is um, is a combination of art and science. Mm. And I don't think that you can ever really be certain about anything that's going to happen. Like, you know, we were we were headed to beat Real Madrid last season and then four insane minutes. And you can't legislate for that. You can't predict that. There's no way to go, a team that had been pretty solid, are just going to completely throw a game down the toilet, which is what we did. So you can't really be sure. And... Um, yeah, the concept of the bogey team is is real. <laughs> it sounds bonkers, but it really is real. I mean, you know, it, it's hard to say. I mean, Southampton are decent, but they always say that, oh, the manager's on the way out and all this, you know. I saw some Southampton fans calling for his head during a match about a month ago. It was, wasn't The match wasn't even over, and they were saying he should be sacked. But they do have some decent players, and, you know, uh, Romeo Lavia will want to come back and make a point to prove, you know. Um, che, che Adams is a terrific striker. Mm. And I do think, you know, uh, James Ward-Prowse is one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. So they've got some talent. I mean, we're at home. I think I'd feel worse if it was away. But, you know, I mean, you just never know. There's three o'clock Saturday kickoffs. Everyone just... I've been there. Crystal Palace are another one. There's another bogey team. Oh, Every time we yeah. play Palace, it's just like, it's a disaster. I've been there and I've, I was there last season. Uh, it was nil-nil. Yeah, and, but, you know, but then you again... Would we, we would be? We, it was a disaster again for a while this season, but we came back and blew them away. And the truth so is, you don't have, have we to... changed? Like last season, that would have ended as a Crystal Palace win. So potentially, I mean, the truth is, you don't need to play champagne football every week. You don't yeah. need to be absolutely at your best. We don't need to play like we did against United um, tomorrow. We don't need to do that. Sometimes you can just be workmanlike and get the job done and it doesn't have to dazzle and everyone just can play within themselves. It's a very long season and everyone's thinking about the World Cup and I think the disruption of the World Cup, I don't think anyone's talking about it, but it, I think it's going to be significant. It's going to be strange yeah. and then it's going to come back and things are going to be weird when everyone yeah, comes back. Absolutely. Well, Lavi is not playing anyway because he's, oh, yeah. he's injured. And he's, oh, it's not because he's on loan. It's because, okay, oh, yeah, no, he's no, injured. No, no, we sold him, didn't we, with the buyback. Yeah, so he's probably looking at return at the end of the month and he's been spectacular. He's been uh, good players. Like, Walker Peters is a fantastic defender. Mm. Great attacker, you know, like what, a really, really, really good attacker. But, but what Greg said is, what I pinpoint, a team can be a bogey team, not just because for a specific reason, i.e. sometimes, occasionally, City come and play a team who play a certain way and gives us problems. And I always identified Southampton's pressing as being an issue that caused us many problems. Greg said they've stopped doing that recently. Mm. So if they're not pressing, we will. And he also said, yeah, I think he said in a tweet as well that they are terrible at defending crosses. And we're not like a traditional crosser of the ball. But of course, if we get players wide and put crosses in and you've got Harland in the middle, then that doesn't bode well for them. If they don't press, then I absolutely, like United couldn't last week. I can see them ripping them, you know, us ripping them to pieces, to be honest. It's possible. Uh, I, I think also you can if they're capable the... of pressing again, yes, they can yeah. be an issue again if they can organise themselves. If you think about Spurs, like when we play Spurs, they don't really press. Mm. They just sit. They sit and they soak it up 
and they, you have to defend well, you have to concentrate really, really hard to do that. And then you'll hit us on the break, and suddenly it's 1-0, and then it's 2-0. And that's how Spurs beat us in Southampton. They figured it out last season. They figured out, they figured us out really, really well. I don't think there's not many other teams that had. Mm. There was a 4-1 cup win, of course, but I'm not sure we played that well. I mean, it was the second half, though, where we kind of extended the lead, but I think 4-1 was a bit flat. Well, we should have enough. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to lose, and we should have enough. <laughs> I should hope so. You're not saying you know, we should I'm not lose. Not saying we lose. But the point is, is, you know, the mentality of a City fan is, if we were the other way round, what would we be? We'd be United fans. We'd be arrogant. I can't be that way. Mm. It's not arrogant. You can you can be look at it objectively and say we should win this game comfortably. We should win, but I don't Which like to course. tempt fate. Ah, you see, yeah. Uh, I don't like trust to, uh, me. The results <laughs> will not change because <laughs> one person said something on a city podcast. I I, I give you that promise. That's now, true. That whatever but, you say now will have no effect on the final. Well, listen, score. La- last week I actually I've got a bit of a superstition of and I don't really, I'm not a big drinker I mean at all you know not in my family or not big drinkers but I but when when I go to the match I have a can of um drink whiskey and coke usually something like that and then and then I did I didn't do it once and then we lost so I thought okay so now I've got to do it every time and I did it before the derby last week. I said to Dad, I said, I don't really, I don't particularly want to have an alcoholic drink at two o'clock on a Sunday, but I need to do it. So I did it. You know what I mean? This is mad. Football fans are irrationally mad at times. I've been wearing the same trainers for three years, so I know. There and I crossed the road at the same place. You know, I, before it every homer uh, has to be the top of the road. Have to go in on the right turnstile when I get to the ground. What's yeah. a nonsense. It's all it? nonsense. We know it's nonsense. But every single person listening to this podcast will be like, yeah, I've got a lucky mug. You know, like that's what people are like. Everyone's going to have a thing. Everyone's got a thing. My dad's mate, he's got, he you know, wears a certain belt, a red belt, you know, when he goes to the match in. Dad drinks out of a particular mug and he only drinks out of that mug on match days. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's all mad. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'll have a drink before Southampton. Because it's not that important. It's only October, you know. If yeah. it was April, I probably would. But, you know, they're, they're a decent team. Southampton are no mugs, I tell you. Well, uh, on our Premier League preview, Andy's on there. Uh, Everton fans said they Southampton were appalling last week. So I know he's talking, you know, the players just don't believe in the manager. But we will see. They, if they can all... be organised, then yeah. they can be problematic. But I just feel, with Harland on the pitch, just at the moment, I just feel teams like this don't pose the problems what was also true though is that teams will play the match of their lives against us and nobody else Mm. that is a thing that most certainly happens not just us against Arsenal against Liverpool against United not that it matters these days you know but basically that's what will happen is they will be terrible against Everton last week and they'll be amazing tomorrow because they play like it's the cup final. That's what happens. You don't ever play a normal game anymore. Teams are either completely like lie down and die and you win 6-0, or they'll beat you. Hmm. <laughs> there is no normal 2-0 win anymore, basically. But they're playing a team where I think trying isn't enough either. And I think one thing Greg said, they just lack identity at the moment. So well, You know, I'm a terrible FPL jinx as well, so I'm actually going to play my wild card today. And I'm going <laughs> to put Foden and De Bruyne in, so I'm sure that's we're definitely going to get beat if I do that, aren't we? Right. Well, the team then. Uh, <laughs> do you take predicting the team? It's a it's a pointless sport we play on this Friday show every week. Mm. Where who can who can get inside Pep's head? But are there any clues from the team that played on Wednesday? I mean, obviously Kevin De Bruyne was rested. He's going to start. Phil Foden was rested. He probably starts. I mean, Carlin surely starts again. 
I would suggest that if he's going to be rested Tuesday's match at Copenhagen is the time to do it, perhaps. How do you see the team lining up and how do you think we're going to cope with the absence of Kyle Walker? Well, I do. I think it'll be the same team, apart from Walker, as uh, started again. So, uh, no, I don't think the Copenhagen team, obviously, is a you know a template for anything. But it'll be essentially the same team that started it in the derby, but Gomez in and then Cancelo on the right. right. And I, unless Rodri, I assume Rodri isn't fit. Well, he has been training. So I think mm-hmm. as we record, it's the press conference coming up soon. We'll probably run out yeah. of time for me to find out what he's, uh, Pep says. But if there is... If before we finish, he says something, and obviously I'll put it into this show. He he was training, but again, it I was don't want to rush it him. was a very yeah, but it was a very minor injury, wasn't it? He only yeah. picked it up last week, so I don't think it's one of these. Oh, we have to be careful with him, like the port. I think if it was so minor, uh, and they just didn't want to risk it in one match, well, a week later now, there's probably a fair chance he plays. So but you know, we did but all we right know, without do it. We, so. You know, we did we did absolutely we did like, all right. Yeah. We did all right. You know, I mean, it seemed to be unfair that anyone in the front seven, if that's what we're talking about, I suppose it is a front seven, isn't it? Front six, it would lose their place, having played so extraordinarily well in the derby to actually then be dropped because Rodri comes back in. That's what I was talking about before. That's, that's not really fair, is it? You know, you should keep your place if you played well and nobody played badly in the derby. So you, maybe Rodri can wait for a for a week while Gundogan takes the role. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Pep's late for his press conference, so... He's probably Pep. getting. To, he's probably gone to his restaurant to uh, cook in the kitchen, get some yeah. food, you know. <laughs> thanks, thanks for nothing, Pep. <laughs> <laughs> Could have given you some uh, injury updates. So, yeah, we are guessing. We're going in blind a bit, I'm afraid. I really but, hope oh, Phillips and, and um, Walker make the World Cup. I think that's really important yeah. for them. You know, I mean, Walker's 32. This is his last, this is his last World Cup. Mm. So I'd just be, I would be so gutted for him. If he couldn't make it, you know, that's real. Never mind us, we'll be okay. We've got some decent cover now, but I really, really want Walker to make the World Cup. I think the point, if we're saying the team for the game, I struggle really for preferences in who to play because everyone's, you know, Mares is, you know, probably the one that's lacked form most of all. Yeah. But if Gunduan plays and Bernardo doesn't, or Bernardo plays, or they both play, then they're all, or Kevin De Bruyne plays, or Grealish plays, or Foden plays, or Harlan plays. I mean, what does it matter, really, that we're putting out a sensational team, aren't we? I guess yeah. the only area, and again, it's because of choice, even with Stones out, is central defence. Do you have any preferences in that area? Um, I mean, you could see Diaz was a little peeved last week at being left out of the derby, as you could expect. But I think it's a decent wake-up call for him. He's not been in fantastic form recently. And, um, you know, Laporte, I don't think we should start him. It's a bit too soon. I think Akanji's been flawless and he should probably start. Well, yeah, um, if Laporte's had 90 minutes during the week, they may want to rotate did him he? a bit. Did he against Copenhagen? Uh, I think so, yeah. Did he? But, uh, I can't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll check the substitutions. Well, Stones is injured. Um, yeah, who's, who's but of course... Last yeah. week in the derby, who started in the centre last week? It was a Kanji and who else? Uh, an Ake, so... Oh, I yeah, don't, Ake. I, I, Forgot I don't, he existed. I, I don't think Diaz was being punished at all. I think he was no. a left... Like, I think we played our best passes in a left footer and a right footer. I think he's, that Diaz he is a great passer, but he just he's just not quite been so far this season the player he was last season. Mm. And I think, you know, um, I think he thought that Ake and a Kanji, you know, deserved to start. And they were great, both of them. You know they were absolutely terrific. So it, why shouldn't he? Why shouldn't he carry on with those two together? Yeah, well, uh, Laporte did play the full ninety, so City may want to, even if he's showing no signs of mm. a reaction, may want to just be one 
game a Instead week. Instead of six um, months Ake. is quite a long time. So, well, Ake and Akanji may just come back in. He may just go back to that. He may put Diaz. I mean, it could be anything really, couldn't it? We've got four players available there. Uh, who can and you'd be happy to see any of them. So well, this is competition, isn't it? The nature of competition—that's what it's there for. That's what it's mm. supposed to be doing. Where you actually think, no, no, you know, I'm going to keep that guy out by playing so well. And if you play so well, and then you get dropped anyway, that's no good. So I, you know, uh, why shouldn't he? I think he should play the same team exactly, apart from Gomez, who does need some games, obviously, also. Yeah, and you're confident in him I going mean, forward. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that full-backs just personified nowadays? Well, they're not, you still got to be able to got to, to be a bit of everything, haven't they? So. Yeah, he, listen, Zinchenko couldn't defend either, but he wasn't a left-back. Oh, come on. You know, he was, uh, you know, <laughs> he could he was, defend. Uh, yeah, he was okay. I think he's better than Gomez, probably. But, you know, Gomez is someone who needs to, you know, he's not played that much. So he You're, does need to kind of, you know, we're not just an attacking team. You do occasionally need to do some defending. You're harsher than Le Keep. I like him though. Gomez, no, I do really like him. I think yeah. he's really, really good signing. And I think him and Akanji have been serious bargains financially. Oh, it's just astonishing, yeah. And the importance of Ake not leaving as well. Mm. Uh, look, take take your nerve decades of, mm-hmm. <laughs> of fearing the worst, uh, just pretend you're in neutral now. You look at this match. You're expecting City to dominate the ball, aren't you? Southampton may sit deep, but they don't have Kane and Son on the counter-attack. No. You, this should be, should be an absolutely comfortable home win, should it not? Should be. Well, okay. you know, it should be, but... Well, I'm going know. to commit you to giving a score prediction then. Oh, yeah, score game. prediction thing. I don't, I feel like I'll be jinxing it, you see. This is the problem. No, you don't want to do way. it, you... Um, I mean, you'd like to think, how about it's nil-nil until the last 15 minutes, then Alvarez comes on and gets the winner. How about that? Oh, you're putting my superstition into the shade. I have to show you. Uh, I'm going to go. I think we may get a, a Do you goal. think we'll keep a clean sheet? That's the thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they'll attack much, but, you know, set-piece, ward prowess, who knows. I'm going to go 4-1. Uh, because with City, I've got... I mean, Greg was like, oh, it's going to be 6-0, nil, 9-8-0. Nine, I was like, but City... Of course, with games every few days, if they did get three or four nil up, they'll just ease off again anyway. So it's not as if they'll go for ten goals. It's just you know, it's uh, a marathon. It's not a sprint. Oh, it absolutely is. And as you say, <laughs> there's carnage is lying ahead. So yeah. you can see. Are we Liverpool? Hang on, again. isn't it Liverpool next week? It is Liverpool next week. Oh, as great. Well, well, so. well done. <laughs> so yeah, I'll go for four uh, one. You're just <laughs> you're two edging, two nil. There you go. Your bets two nil. With a two nil. So let's do two nil. I'll well, be happy I, with that. Three point, listen, it's three points the same no matter what happens. Yeah, indeed. Look, finally, quick comment about Arsenal against Liverpool on Sunday. Big match, interesting match. Uh, two questions. Who do you want to win? Who do you think will win? Because um, the point about the first one is, do you th- are you at the point of the Arsenal are now our primary title rivals? Or do you always, are you still just looking out for Liverpool's results only? Liverpool are... Um... They're not good at the moment. They've not. They've not been good. They've not been good, and I think that losing Mane was a sort of vast, you know, issue for them. I don't yeah. think you really thought about it exactly how much it would sort of destroy so much of the dynamism of the team. And you know, people do say that about Klopp that he works players so hard that they burn out after three or four years because of all the pressing and all that. I don't think that's really true. But you do. You do worry for Liverpool, and I don't hate Liverpool. I'm not one of those people who hates them. So I. I mean, I. You know. I think Arsenal are in better form. 
I think I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal win. As for their title credentials, it's too soon to say, because there's loads of teams in the past who've had a really, really good four or five months of the season and started to drift off in January. So the answer is, if, if, if Arsenal are still either top of the table or thereabouts at Christmas, then we can actually really start to think um, that they're good. But you know what? You know, we've trained Arteta, you know, well. And I think Arsenal are pretty decent, a pretty decent team. I'm, I'm thrilled that Jesus is doing so well down there. Hmm. I don't, I don't hate Arsenal. I hate Spurs. Remember, you uh, know. <laughs> I hate everyone. You know I, mean? So, I mean, true. That's, that's uh, the issue. I hate everyone, so I don't true. know who I want. To. I all, if if ask me what result do I want, I want whatever's best for City. That's I don't think the point of me asking. Yeah, I don't think there's any. It's too soon in the season to yeah for anything to be good. But I do also think that of all the people I hate, and you're right, I also hate everybody. I don't care about anyone. I hate everyone. But of all the teams I hate the least, I've always thought Arsenal have got a little bit of class about them. I've always thought so, especially when Wenger was there and they had some amazing when Henri was there. So you know, I, there are, I hate Chelsea and I hate Spurs and I hate them all. But Arsenal, <laughs> you know, if they're going to challenge us for the title, then let's do it. You know, why not? Let's go. It's better than Liverpool and United challenging us. So yes, that's, that's true. Look, time has defeated us. Uh, Liz, thanks very much for giving up your time to speak to us today. Really enjoyed that. Pleasure. Yeah, that, everyone, is a wrap. Uh, we're off to take the Gundogan family for some decent scran at this and that. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Uh, hope you enjoy the match as well. Take care, stay safe, and as always, up the blues.